Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Oh, ah! What the f*** did you do that for? Hey! That was... Don't swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you ask why we couldn't work out that whole Civil War thing, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, May 5th, 2017, We Can't Work It Out edition of the show, where we try to explain the tiny misunderstanding we call the American Civil War. Stay tuned. But what the hell were you thinking podcast is brought to you by the sons of Confederate veterans, celebrating getting our asses beat like a red-headed stepchild for over 100 years. Our membership proudly celebrates our cultural heritage of losing and losing big. I mean, sure, our ancestors were in a few battles, but really, they got whooped like a dog on a couch. I I mean, did you see what General Sermon did to Atlanta? Shit far, Georgia still jumps like a tomcat at a gunshot when they see Smoky Barbecue Grill. I mean, we love our great-great-granddaddies who came up four nickels short of a dollar when it comes to fighting, but I guess it don't matter much. After all, if you're celebrating a war you done lost so bad that it's just about as useless as a trapdoor on a canoe. But then if we had an idea, it'd die loneliness. We're the sons of Confederate veterans. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves. Someday the mountain might get them, but the law never will. Making their way. There are days when I, as a person who's read a book, am forced to stop and ask myself, what the fuck did I just hear? Once upon a time, this was a harmless activity, primarily centered around overheard snatches of conversation in public. The speaker, invariably a young person in a professional setting, often in their place of employment, would say something so mind-bogglingly stupid that anyone with a high school education should just know the answer. I'm not talking about some deep theory about gravity or an obscure treaty that ended one of the lesser-known European wars of the 18th century, but something simple, like who was the president when the Great Depression began. It was Herbert Hoover, by the way. Now... I usually would just chuckle and go about my day with a sense of smug superiority and latent rage, since this person is probably making three times my annual salary, but of late, these minor obscenities to my intellect have universally emanated from a single source, and that source is the White House. I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little bit later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was was a very tough person. 
but he had a big heart, and he was he was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. He said, there's no reason for this. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War, um, Yeah. Was... you think about it, why? People don't ask that question. But why was there the Civil War? Why could, why could that one not have been worked out? There are literally libraries filled with books answering that question. Never mind. In my 50 years on this planet, I never once dreamed I would hear the President of the United States, the man who sits in the same office as Abraham Lincoln, say something so mind-fuckingly idiotic as the, uh, the Civil War. What's the deal with that? Yet, here we are. Here I am. And once my ulcers settled down and the adrenaline shake spurred on by my violent rage receded, I began to realize the answer is some people are really fucking stupid. They're not illiterate. They're not even uneducated. They are, in fact, very, very stupid. This is entirely their fault. I want to be clear. They were not denied information. They were actually told the information. They just chose not to retain it. This is, again, because they are incredibly fucking stupid. Still, Part of, what I, why, part of the reason why I do this show is to rub knowledge in the face of stupid people like stupid people rub the noses of their puppy in a pile of shit. So without further ado, let me present the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast's simple explanation as for why we had a civil war. Are you ready? Let's begin. Slavery. That's it. That's it. And that is it for our show this week. We want to thank you for listening. What? What do you mean that's not enough? I wanted a simple explanation of the Civil War. I just gave it to them. Well, I'm the host, and I say I can do a three-minute podcast. What? No whiskey delivery next week? Fine, fine. I'll flesh it out a little. I'm being told I cannot simply say slavery and end the show because apparently there's some sort of writer in our show contract that says I need at least ten minutes of content. So here is a slightly expanded and more detailed explanation for the Civil War. Slavery and the politics of slavery. All right, we're good. What? Fine, fine. Jesus. In the 15th century, the Portuguese began exploring the the West African coast, by which I mean they went down on ships to loot, pillage, rape, steal, and plunder anything that wasn't nailed down, and the only reason they didn't take what was nailed down is because the pry bars were coming on the next round of ships. Unfortunately for the House of Aviz, which was the ruling house of Portugal in the 14th century. See the things you learn when you listen to my show? There really wasn't anything worth plundering except, you know, the people. More unfortunately for the people. So, uh, they, uh, they stole the people. I know, that was a really shitty thing to do. Honestly, the European market for slaves wasn't that robust. It was by no means illegal, and it'd been around since the Roman Empire. But by the time African slaves were being taken, there just wasn't much of a market on the continent. Most of them that were taken were wound up on the island of Madeira, where the Portuguese used them to work the sugar fields. That continued, friends, until 1492. Let's sing a song all about somebody named Christopher Columbus and the time that he sailed halfway around the world and found a place called America. 
A decade or so after that, the market exploded, to use a modern parlance. The Caribbean islands needed labor, mostly because the Europeans had killed pretty much every indigenous person on them, either war or disease. This story is kind of like that massage parlor I wandered into on 14th Street. There are no happy endings here either. In 1619, the first African slaves appear on a census in what would eventually become the United States in Virginia. It's likely African slaves were here much earlier, but they were never documented. There were, of course, Native Americans taken against their will and forced to labor for the colonists because we're nothing if not equal opportunities oppressors, and even some European folks who were slaves in all but name, since apparently it was a sin to enslave white Christian people. These people suck balls. The Dutch, who got big into flesh-peddling business way before the Red Light District in Amsterdam came along, brought slaves to New Amsterdam in 1625. Though oddly, the British freed all the black slaves when they took over and renamed the colony New York. The French brought slaves to New Orleans and Louisiana in 1724, completing the fucked-up trifecta of major colonial powers in America. The Spanish definitely had slaves. They were the big, the big slave traders, the big slave users. They were, he made our slave population look like a little tiny dot. But they're all concentrated in the Caribbean, Mexico, and South America. And this is a story about the American Civil War, not all the other ones that slavery caused. While slavery was legal throughout the colonies, in the northern colonies, the numbers were always dramatically different. Slavery in the north consisted of small numbers and a more domestic role. And no matter how evil of a fuck you are, it's really hard to look on someone as subhuman when they see your fat ass naked every single day and they clean up your filth. Farms were much smaller, and it was cheaper and easier just to have a bunch of kids. I mean, unless, of course, you were a woman, and then you were a baby-producing machine for your husband and his family. Hey, Rich, why buy the cow when everybody else is getting their milk and steaks for free? God bless America. But way down yonder in what become the land of cotton, the weather was warm, the land was broad and fertile, and ready to receive the bounty of the Lord in a form of high-value cash crops like cotton, tobacco, sugarcane, indigo, and rice. The kind of things rich white folk grow to sell other rich white folk, and all of them incredibly labor-intensive. Why, a man could get rich if he just kept labor costs down, and what better way to keep those things down than to not pay your workers? Fantastic. It's brilliant, mate. It's fucking brilliant. Off you go. <laughs> the entire economy of the South predicated on the simple theory of having a lot of people doing the work and not giving them any money for it. You could also, if you were a shrewd businessman, have them have a bunch of children and then sell the children for more money. That is evil. Make no mistakes, my dear Americans. The evil did not stop at the borders of the South. The North made a shit ton of money on Southern slavery. Someone had to sell all that product to Europe, and those someones increasingly lived up North. The Southern colonies grew the product. The North moved it on ships, sailed it to Europe, and they sold it. The backbone of the American economy was the forced labor of African slaves. If you got rid of slavery, you would destroy the economy. Possible, my dear lady. That's absurd. Unthinkable. So it was when the American Revolution took place. So it was when the Constitutional Convention gaveled itself to order in 1787. No one had the slightest intentions of abolishing slavery. At least, no one that mattered. You know, no one with money. But slavery was still the big issue on the table for most of the convention. Why? Numbers. The northern colonies had nearly twice the number of free whites as the southern states, free white males being the only people that were, could vote, and therefore were, in fact, free and white. 
In a proportional representative government, those numbers, however, mattered a lot. But when you took the number of the slaves in the southern colonies, 600,000 of them, to be exact, twice as many as the free whites that lived in the colonies, those numbers changed dramatically. Now the South had the advantage, and they wanted to count those money-earning slaves as part of their population. Damn it! You got me shitting me! No, I'm fucking serious as a heart attack. The southern states wanted their slaves to count when it came to representation in the new country we would call the United States of America. Now, the northern states were kind of like you right now, thinking this is the biggest load of shit they have ever heard in their life, the most hypocritical idea ever conceived by a human mind. They at the time and you now would be correct. But they also knew if they didn't make it work, it's pretty clear the whole country was going down the shitter and Britain would be running the show again in just a few years. So they reached a compromise. The slaves would count, but only as three-fifths of a person. For every five slaves, three of them would be counted in the census towards representation in the Congress. Just same one. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Those slaves would not be free. They would not vote, just like women and anybody that didn't own property, but they would be counted as though they did. Not only were these poor African people brutally enslaved, treated as property, had their families torn apart on a whim, but they were also used to prop up the political power of their white masters. Uh, yeah, okay, that's just about the most awful thing I've ever seen. True, but this is the fundament of the very country you live in today. It also foreshadowed everything that would lead to the Civil War in just a shade under 90 years. Because something else was happening concurrent with the founding of America. It was called the Industrial Revolution. Machines were allowing just a few people to do the work of many, but there was a catch. Those few people, few people needed to run them properly in order for the machines to work. You can't force a person to run a steam engine powering all the looms in your mill. They could just not do it, and things would literally blow up. Yeah, you could punish that person. You could even kill that person. But the damage was done, your shit was blown up, and it would cost more to simply pay the person in the first place than to replace your blown-up factory. Slavery was rapidly being rendered obsolete because the economy was shifting to a manufacturing-based system. You still needed the raw materials from the plantation, but there was more money to be made in turning those materials into finished products than there was in growing the raw materials. This, this is all incredibly complicated, and it goes way beyond any summation. It would take four years in college to truly comprehend the shifts taking place in the world economy that was making slavery economically inviable in the long term. The practical upshot is the North was very quickly taking over the economic dominance in the United States. They already had the infrastructure in place to support a manufacturing-based economy. Lots of railroads, canals, access to coal, a steel industry, an iron industry, a burgeoning immigrant population who would work cheaply in the factories, whereas the South had mostly rich white fucks that had never worked a real day in their life, slaves, and a bunch of hillbillies who couldn't read or write, or indeed find their asshole with both hands and a road map. The writing, economically speaking, for the South was on the wall, and pretty much everyone knew it. So why did the South not decide to begin phasing out slavery, if nothing else for purely economic reasons, since it was clear morality in the South hadn't so much as stood next to each other while taking a piss? Well, 
why don't we as a civilization start phasing out fossil fuels since we know damn well they're destroying the planet? I think this answer is pretty simple when you think about it. We're doing it for a shitload of money! Same reason, rich white fucks in the South knew there was still a lot of money to be made and the only way it could be made was to keep slavery going for as long as possible. If they abolished slavery, not only would they lose money, they would also lose political power really damn quick since they would no longer have slaves that counted as three-fifths of the population and they damn sure weren't going to give them the vote. So in short, it would destroy the social, economic, and political fortunes of the South. For the entire history of the country up to the civil war there were endless compromises to keep the fiction of unity alive all of which designed to balance free states versus slave states just a few years longer before the inevitable occurred trump pondered as if the man knows what that word means why we couldn't work something out we'd been working it out for 90 years but nothing could change the simple underlying fact the union could not endure while slavery continued the South was actively pressing to expand, not only into the western states, but into Mexico and the Caribbean and the northern portion of South America. They called it the Golden Circle. It was first proposed, proposed in the 1850s and would effectively have maintained slavery well into the 20th century under an American imperialist system. The western U.S. wasn't really viable for plantation farming, the north was industrializing, and the abolitionist movement was growing every year. This was the tableau on the eve of the American Civil War. Why couldn't we work it out? Why was Lincoln willing to go to war to preserve the Union when the South seceded? I could do a whole different podcast on the motivations of Abraham Lincoln, but simply put, the United States couldn't have a massive slaveholding nation on its southern border. Nor would the colonial nations of Europe meekly assent to losing their territories to a confederate expansion. Although Spain at this time wasn't more than a paper tiger, Britain certainly wasn't going to sit back and let it happen. If the confederacy and Britain went to war, Britain was going to win, particularly with the support of volunteers from the United States who would flock to her banners to fight the evil of slavery. Best case scenario, you ended up with a British puppet government on our southern border, Worst case scenario, you've got Canada South competing with the U.S. for westward expansion. Though, uh, come on, when you think about it, how much better off would the South be today if we let Britain take it back and fix all their teeth and shit? We want to look upon the American Civil War as a great moral crusade against slavery. Politically, it wasn't. The war was definitely about slavery, but the slavery was the machine that drove the economy of the South. The South desperately needed to keep its slaves, but it was increasingly political impossible for this to continue as long as they remained in the Union. The North was content to allow slavery to continue as long as it was sufficiently economically beneficial for them to do so, but by 1860, that benefit had shrunk and everyone knew it would continue to do so. The abolitionist movement was gaining political power in the form of the Republican Party, and it was now strong enough to push through some form of emancipation. The only question was how quickly it would happen. The South couldn't keep its slaves and stay in the Union, and the North could not allow it to leave for the reasons I've listed above. And the only way to settle the issue was war. So when Trump asked, why couldn't we work it out? 
It demonstrates a complete stupidity on one of the fundamental issues of our history and one that still impacts us today. America lives with the repercussions of slavery every day because no American was free of guilt or consequence of our original sin. It's in our DNA. The South has never recovered from the economic loss of slavery. Why? Because it was full of rich white fucks who never worked a day in their lives, freed slaves with no education or skills outside of agriculture, and a bunch of hillbillies who couldn't read, write, or find their ass with both hands on a road map. And the rich white fucks worked for decades to keep it that way. Why? So they could use cheap black labor to keep them at a station fairly similar to their lives before the war, and they stoked the fear in the dumbass hillbillies to keep that black labor in line. And this went on for another century. And it still goes on today. Only now the rich white fucks are politicians and bankers rather than plantation owners. They use the chains of historical revisionism and religiosity to keep white population of the South resentful and hateful towards the black population. They use the power of their offices, Jeff Sessions, to keep black people from achieving social mobility. They do this because they are inheritors of a system based entirely on a racist supposition that white skin equals human and black skin does not. We would have been better off to hang every single slave owner and their families, disperse their lands amongst the free slaves, and enforced reconstruction for at least 50 years after the war until the stains of slavery were faded enough for those states to function. We didn't. Now we have Trump playing the same old song of ignorance and fear, and it sounds a lot like Dixie. Why couldn't we work out fixing the South? Because in the end... It cost too much for a bunch of black people, people and dumb hillbillies. It was easier and cheaper just to let the same rich white fucks come back and run things and get on with the business of killing the Indians. Because God fucking bless America. And don't even get me started on what he said about Andrew Jackson. That really is it for our show this week. We weren't sure we'd get an episode out, but since your humble host is about to accept a major award for accomplishments and low-rated podcasts, they, they, they call it the Lucy Award. Uh, but we're still very proud to accept your condescending gift, certifi gift certificate and gift certificate to Brands Discount Liquors. Mostly, it's the gift certificate. If you'd like to ensure many more rewards of liquor and get mediocre plaudits for this podcast, be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps other people find the show where we can take a deeply complex issue like the Civil War and break it down to even the point where Donald Trump can understand it via the miracle of dick jokes. Follow the show on Twitter at the Hell underscore podcast with a show name on Facebook for even more dick jokes. All the dick jokes you can stay under at the show name on SoundCloud at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, General Jefferson Beauregard, Josephus Gavin, and all the other fictional Johnny Rebs on this show, we want to say, try to see it our way. Chances are we might fall apart before too long and then kill each other in a brutal war. We'll see you all next week.
Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.